the Ducks won one of the stupidest games of the season on Star Wars night. How exactly did they do that? We'll talk about that on this episode of Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. Just a reminder, this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, etc., etc. You could find me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. Once again, thanks for making this your first listen of the day or the evening or whatever the case may be. And we, we've been talking about the Ducks' ineptitudes for pretty much the entire season. And frankly, the Ducks got a little bit outplayed on this one. So how, how, how is the question? Well, the Ducks actually got off to a hot start, despite the fact that they went 11-7 again. You heard that right. They went 11-7 despite signing Jason, or not signing, despite picking up Jason Magna off of waivers from Colorado. Despite that, he was still a scratch. Why exactly? The Ducks went 11-7 for the second game in a row because that worked so well last time. And Derek Grant, not a healthy scratch, but an injured scratch because Derek Grant... As I mentioned last time, he was going to be out for this week. He was out on Sunday. He was out again on Tuesday. Look, that's what the reports were strained to. I know when I wrote my article, and I'll talk about that on the next episode, but when I wrote that recap, I said that Grant would be out for the week, implying that he was going to be out for Sunday's game and for Tuesday's game, and might even still be out for Friday's game, but I would expect him to be back at some point next week, just based on like little reports here and there. So Jason Megna probably could have played, but he didn't. So what exactly does that mean for the Ducks? Well, that means that we have to see the likes of Kevin Shattenkirk and Bolu. Yeah. Also, Dmitry Kulikov on that top pairing defense. But we see a lot more of Colton White, who has had a pretty decent go at it recently. This also meant that we would see Sam Carrick and Max Comtois on that fourth kind of two-thirds line-ish, that weird thing there. I I still think it's weird that the Ducks have gone 11-7 a couple times, and it somehow worked-ish on this game. Heavy on the ish. It was Star Wars night. The Force was definitely with the Ducks early on. <laughs> Let's see how many Star Wars... I'm kidding. Maybe I'll do a couple here. But first off, Uncle Rico got things started for the Ducks. Hallelujah. Uncle Rico with his eighth of the season. And of course, a Troy Terry assist because of course there was a Troy Terry assist. And not long after that, Brady Shea came barreling in scoring. But the goal that I really liked in that first period was was Max Comtois. 
Comer looked really good, just kind of not crashing the net, but had a very Max Comtois goal. What I mean by that is he was parked right in front of the net where he should be. And also credit to Jakob Silverberg doing some of the dirty work there. But Max Comtois being at the right place at the right time, picking up the loose change, and believe it or not, the Ducks had a 2-1 lead at the end of the first. Let me repeat that. The Ducks had a lead. 2-1. Gotta say, looking kind of promising so far. Maybe the Ducks will actually pull this one out. Maybe the Ducks will actually get a win. Well... Those thoughts were quickly eschewed in the second period when Sebastian Ajo tied things up and Brett Leeson scored. But Jordan Stahl, that was a bad goal for the Ducks to give up, wasn't it? That was. The Ducks still had the momentum at the time, allowing that Jordan Stahl goal. Ooh, yeah, that, that, that whole sequence was kind of oof. It really was. Now, the Ducks did have a couple of chances in that second period. In fact, they probably should have extended that lead in the second period. But, hey, you know what? It's the Ducks' power play once again failing them. At least the PK worked somewhat. The reason it worked is because they actually put, you know, a great offensive player like, oh, I don't know, Troy Terry. Yeah. Troy Terry on the PK. That worked okay. I think it would be fine if we saw Mason McTavish on the PK as well, as I've talked about many times on this podcast. McTavish is comfortable on the PK. He's been comfortable the last couple of seasons on the PK. Why not do that? Oh, well. But at least Terry on the PK did work. Power play, not so much. That second period, Carolina just went all over the Ducks. 20 to 10 shots on goal in that second period in favor of Carolina. They had their way with Anaheim. I'll talk about the end of this game after the first intermission, but first let's talk about Bet Online, which is the one place that has you covered, the one place that we trust. Bet Online has you covered this season. With more props, odds, and lines than ever before. The NHL is in full swing. Who's going to win the Stanley Cup? Which coach is going to be fired next? Yes, that line is up there. Also, we have the NBA. And if you're a betting man that bet on the Lakers, not a good idea last game. The NFL. We have a big matchup coming up. The Raiders and the Rams. Okay, it's not really a big matchup, but... For everyone in the L.A. area that are still Raiders fans, it's a big deal. And, of course, there's boxing, MMA, horse racing, all that kind of stuff. So, if you want to check out the latest lines, then head over to Bet Online using either your mobile device or your laptop. Bet Online is where the game starts, and Bet Online is the official online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with J.D. Hernandez. We're going to talk about the end of that game. 
at the Ponda. I want to talk about the third period first and not overtime. Even though the Ducks didn't score in that third period, the Ducks actually did something that they have not done in a long time. The Ducks actually played some defense, and better yet, they tried to go for the win? The Ducks? Is this the same Ducks team we've been watching all season? Well, I don't know what got into them, but they were playing aggressive. They were not acting like they had the lead. They were acting like they had a tie, or they were acting like they were down in the game. They were playing a little bit desperate. Finally, I have talked several times on this podcast about how the Ducks blow late leads either when they have a lead or when it's tied. Specifically, I've talked about how the Ducks allow opponents to win or tie going into overtime with under three minutes left. So imagine how refreshing it was to see the Ducks actually take some chances in the last 10 minutes of the game. Imagine my surprise when the Ducks took quality shots in the last two minutes of the game. I mean, you would have colored me surprised on that one. I think what was even more surprising was the fact that, you know what? It was that McTavish line that nearly got the go-ahead goal. It was that close with about a minute and a half left. I thought the Ducks were playing aggressive. They kept Carolina on their heels. There was maybe a whole maybe close to a minute section in that third period where the Ducks got a couple of shots on net. Carolina could not make a change. And that was the moment where I thought the Ducks were going to step on their throats. I thought they looked like they were going to score in that last stanza. It did not happen. But you know what? There was a little bit of an advantage there, a little bit of a change in momentum. Something the Ducks have not had all season long. Finally, some type of killer instinct. But because the Ducks did not score that go-ahead goal, McTavish line came really close. We went to overtime. And because we went to overtime, that means that the Ducks were not going to win in regulation again. They'd be stuck at one in that category. How great that was. December 6th. Now it's going to be December 7th. December 8th, the Ducks will still have but one regulation victory. But it doesn't matter because, hallelujah, the Ducks actually won a game. They broke the six-game losing streak. They did it. Stromer with a nice goal. But let's talk about how that even started. Well, first off, Carolina had a bad change at the time. I mean, really bad change. That was a moment where I thought, you know, Carolina's kind of on their heels again. They're playing like they had a bigger lead. Or they were kind of playing a little bit like they were looking down on their opponents, which could mean, of all things, a trap game. Yeah. That's exactly what happened with the Hurricanes. They got caught in the trap. And you know what happened at the end? We had Marty Natchez out there 
for a little bit. Not that great. Teravainen, he was out there for that goal. He got burned a little bit. Actually, not that good. It wasn't that good. But Teravainen was out there. You know who else was out there or should have been out there was Jacob Slavin, who was out there for a short bit. He did not look good defensively. You know who else really didn't look good and got really burned at the end there? Andrei Svechnikov. Svech was out there for a long shift. The Ducks had puck possession and held onto it just long enough where Svech would leave the ice right at the wrong time. It was supposed to be Svech going out and Seth Jarvis coming in. But Seth Jarvis came in just a little bit slow. Just slightly slow. And then you had Brett Pesci out there as a dead duck. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the Ducks had a two-on-one. Imagine being a defender and you see two former Rangers coming at you. Yeah, it was two former Rangers. You know who that is. It was two guys that have been on New York for a while that came over to Anaheim this season. And let's be honest, their results have been less than stellar. So imagine my surprise when I saw Frank Vetrano and Ryan Strom on a two-on-one. And I'm thinking, oh boy. This might be bad or this might be good. There is no in-between here. Luckily for the Ducks, Ryan Strom just got it through Pyotr Kochekov. And that was the game winner. Whew. Four to three in overtime. The losing streak is over. The Ducks finally got a win. But they still have one regulation win this season. And they're still in last place in the league. But hey, there's some positives we can take out of this game. The Ducks played aggressive. They didn't blow a lead in the third. They won in overtime. And some of the other guys are finally starting to come through. Max Comtois in his return game. He had a greasy goal. Brett Leeson, he scored there. And how about the two former Rangers? Both of which have been less than stellar this season. But Ryan Strom got his seventh of the season. You know what? He's doing okay, folks. He's doing just fine. Maybe he can get to 20 goals this season. He's on pace for 21 right now. You never know. All right, we're going to head into the second intermission and talk slightly more about this game. We'll get to that on the other side. to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, you're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. As I want to bring up one thing about this Ducks victory. I mean, yes, they did win in overtime, but it still should have been won in regulation. This was a winnable game early on for the Ducks. 
mainly because they actually got some contributions from everyone else. They got some contributions from the bottom six, or can I even say bottom six, bottom five, really, because it was an 11-7, for crying out loud. But great to see Max Comtois get in there. But Vetrano and Strom, the two-on-one, that was nice. What wasn't nice was the fact that the Ducks once again allowed a lot of shots. Not quite 40, but they allowed 37 shots on goal to the Carolina Hurricanes. Almost 40. 37, still too much. In fact, hey, that's what the Ducks are almost averaging. They were below average on this game. They're currently allowing 37.9 shots per game. Before this game, it was 38.0. So that actually went down a smidge based on this last game. That's still too much. That's still by far the most in the National Hockey League. Look, you're not going to do John Gibson any favors by allowing the opponents to just shoot and shoot and shoot on you no matter what. There is a reason that the Ducks have allowed the most goals in the National Hockey League so far this season because they're allowing the most shots. That seems kind of like a duh statement right there, and it kind of was meant to be that. But Anaheim's just got to get their defense figured out, and they have to get it figured out in a hurry. Otherwise, John Gibson is going to continue getting out the taser because it's the same thing. It's the same thing as the last four seasons. On this game... And shout out to Hockey Stack Cards. I looked up the Hockey Stack Card after that game because I thought to myself, no one on the Ducks really stood out. And I thought to myself, was it me or did Carolina have a lot more of an advantage in this game? Turns out I was right. Looking at Hockey Stack Cards, it was all the top 11 guys for Carolina that had the higher game score. Sebastian Ajo, obviously, with that goal. Jack Drury. Jack Drury, who just came up from the Chicago Wolves. Yeah, he had a pretty good game. Very solid game overall. I liked his um, defensive work a little bit. Looked fine overall. Man, like, all those guys had better game scores than the Ducks. The Ducks, the Duck with the highest game score was Max Comtois with a 1.03. This is courtesy, once again, of Hockey Stack Cards. Look at all those Hurricanes that are up towards the top, and then you have most of the rest of the Ducks kind of in that bottom area. In fact, looking at Kochekov, a negative 1.73, that ain't good. John Gibson had a positive game score. How about that? Gibby had a positive game score, mainly because Carolina took a lot of shots, but also because Carolina took a lot of quality shots, which is something the Ducks still need to work on, is not allow so many quality shots or high danger shots, or as I say, shots in the home plate area. Just too many of those. So defense has got to be a key for this team. I still don't know if having seven defensemen going forward is going to be the way to go necessarily because the Ducks do still need to score. And hey, they picked up Magna from waivers. They may as well use him, right? Right? 
yeah. So we'll see how the rest of this weekend goes. The Ducks' next game is not until Friday. So, yeah, we'll see what they do on that game. Uh, Just one quick note once again. Ducks' blood drive is taking place Thursday at the Pond. So check that out. Could be cool. And you'd be giving to a good cause. And you get a free choice of bobblehead. I mean, how can you not love that? Yep. All right. My dog is looking over here, and I think she's ready to go to bed. So I'm going to wrap this up right now and remind you that this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, etc., etc. You could follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. You could email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. And once again, thanks to all of you for listening. And thank you for your continued support. It is very greatly appreciated. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there. Be kind to one another. And Ducks, fly together. (laughs) 